It's time for Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industry's podcast. Industry Towers editorial staff leverages our extensive network of industry sources to provide thorough reporting, pinpoint trends, and arm you with the knowledge needed to thrive in your career. And here's your host, Inside Towers managing editor, Jim Fryer. We are here today with Shane Ward, who is the CFO of CTI. Uh, one thing Inside Towers wants to do with our podcast is talk to some of the, what we would define as middle-tier tower companies, i.e. not the big three. Um, we know a lot about them. They are analyzed to death. They are talked about. They take the main stage at uh, a, a lot of conferences, and uh, they, they, they get plenty of copy. But uh, the middle-tier companies, I think, sometimes don't get the uh, attention they deserve. And, and and they sort of are the glue, I think, that, that holds the the industry together. I think collectively, uh, the number of towers uh, owned by the middle tier is equal to or greater than those owned by the big three. So it's a, a interesting dynamic, a different dynamic than, than the big three. And But these guys have all generally come through that same kind of system. Uh, CTI was founded by Tony Peduto, a well-known name in the industry, about uh, 10 years ago. And uh, Shane, first, welcome. Thank you, Jim. appreciate that. Tell us about CTI. Give us an overview. I know you had a recent acquisition not too long ago. And uh, kind of walk us through a little bit of the, the, the quick history of, of CTI. Yeah, sure thing. So yeah, you're right. So CTI was founded by Tony Peduto and uh, Comcast Ventures back in 2011, uh, when Comcast was wondering basically what to do with their towers at the time. So that that's that's how CTI came about. Uh, 2015 was really when we started to accelerate and really grow with our first large major uh, non-Comcast acquisition and that's when we acquired the Vive broadband portfolio and that was uh, 110 towers so that was really exciting and really great and really kicked off CTI uh, the end of 2015 into 2016. We then continued with a couple other smaller acquisitions uh, Connoisseur Media we acquired their portfolio uh, then we really kicked off and really started to accelerate when we acquired the Mediacom portfolio. And that was at the end of 2017, and that was 360 towers. So you can see the growth really started to accelerate. Uh, and and the cable companies started to, to really see us as the company for the cable companies uh, that uh, really understand their business and know how to to put their assets first and um, help them understand that their operations will not be impacted as a result uh, of of them selling their towers to us so these were all u.s based towers there's no uh, international portfolio that's correct all of these are are in the u.s Okay, and then just recently, uh, you guys just bought who? Yeah, that's that's correct. We uh, we just acquired the the Cable One portfolio, and that was a little interesting. So we actually, for that, we signed the management agreement back in May of last year, 
And what landed up happening in the midst of that, so we got their, their towers under management agreement, uh, started looking after them for them, and they then found themselves doing the Fidelity Communications acquisition. And so we continued to manage, but that's what delayed, if you will, the close a little bit. Um, so we landed up closing on those towers in January of this year. And that was 110 towers. But the fidelity was, was a good thing for us because it actually landed up adding additional 14 sites to, to the portfolio. I don't suppose you want to talk about uh, what you guys pay. That's what everybody wants to know. These towers were acquired at very favorable multiples for our shareholders. Terrific. Good for you guys. Uh, it's great to see uh, growth like that and um, continued success along those lines. Uh, I, I guess we need to talk about the elephant in the room, in, in my room, in your room, and everybody else's collective rooms here is the uh, COVID virus. And uh, how, are, how are you guys coping with it? Yeah, so the... Everyone has found their groove at this stage. Uh, we officially closed the office on March 13th. Uh, we actually had a call. The management team had a call on Sunday, the 15th. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of a lot of press at that stage. So the management team hopped on a call, just discussed it in depth, what we thought was the best for for the employees um, and. That, that Sunday we made the call to to have made basically Friday the 13th, uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny, uh, the last day yeah. in the office. And so we've actually been closed since then. Uh, so we're going now into week three um, of this new world, I'll call it. And like I mentioned, everyone's really hit their stride at this stage. Um, people, people took the first week, I would say, to get their equipment working, making sure that they had right connectivity, even getting their second monitors set up at home, uh, and just making sure that everything was working for them. So that, that was the first week for us. Um, and then the management team just checked in with their respective teams to make sure everyone had what they needed, everyone was good, and and yeah, like I said, it's, it's basically been business as usual for us. Uh, there's small things that cannot be done uh, at home. And that's small things like get the mail. Uh, so our checks get sent to, obviously get sent in the mail. And we need to cut checks for our suppliers because they still need to get paid. So uh, my accounting manager, Josh Marcy and myself, go into the office once a week, uh, collect the mail. Uh, we're able to remote deposit any checks that need to be deposited. And then we cut vendor checks, uh, I sign them, and we get them sent out. So that that's working well. Terrific. How are your people in the field coping? The, the field guys are doing really well. Uh, so believe it or not, we have still a fair number of projects going. We have a drop and swap going. Um, a couple modifications going on towers, and our project managers are really doing a great job of keeping in, t in commun constant communication with the vendors. We obviously look after our employees first and foremost, but 
with that, we obviously also want to make sure that uh, our suppliers and vendors are taking the right precautions and, and looking after their teams too. That, that's important to us. Uh, we, we know that the wireless industry, if you will, has been called essential. And so we are able to continue working during this period. Um, but still, we, we, want, we want to ensure that everyone stays safe and healthy, um, but continue doing what we can. And keeping the crews going, obviously, during a time like this, but staying safe is important uh, because obviously they, they have payrolls to make too. And um, being able to, to keep them working, I think, is a good thing. That's, that's always great to hear. Our discerning listeners will note that even though CTI is a company based out of Cary, North Carolina. You yourself are not a native of North Carolina. Is that correct, Shane? <laughs> that would be correct. Ah. So yeah, you are from. So Tony often jokes when uh, when he introduces me and said that I had a very long swim getting here. Um, I'm actually <laughs> originally from South Africa. So that's that's not an Aussie accent, folks. That is South African. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> What's the telecom climate there like? I mean, do you have any any insight on that? Um, I actually previously to joining CTI, I was with American Tower. I actually traveled back to South Africa fairly regularly because obviously American Tower has operations in South Africa. So uh, pretty pretty familiar with the climate uh, and the happenings in in South Africa and, and Africa in general. Back to the U.S., what are sort of the, the leasing trends or, or uh, customer demands that you're, you're seeing now in the past few years? Have, have, have you noticed any kind of changes in, in the dynamics of the market? So obviously right now the big overhang, and I'm sure I'm not the first and I won't be the last person to tell you this, but definitely the Sprint-Timo merger um, that that has definitely put a big pause so from the middle of last year still to current that leasing has definitely been put on hold slash pause um so the the back half of last year lease up was was really slow um i'm sure not a surprise to you and like i said i'm sure you'll hear that from um everyone else that you speak to uh before that, though, I will say T-Mobile was definitely doing a lot with us, um, definitely showing that they wanted to help bridge that digital divide. We did see a lot of activity on our, on our portfolio, and we would expect that because the cable towers are predominantly a rural portfolio or make our portfolio a rural portfolio. Um, so LeaseUp has or well, was good uh, until until the merger kind of pumped the brakes. We're looking forward to the merger being complete on April 1st, and that should then take the handcuffs, if you will, off of T-Mobile and Sprint, and they should be able to continue where they left off. Uh, so we had a really good, solid pipeline with Timo uh, that they were looking to do, but obviously f had to put on hold uh, while the merger was getting figured out and 
they obviously needed to rationalize their uh, network and figure out where they wanted to go, what they wanted to keep, um, and go from there. Do you think the impact of that merger will be immediate? I'm hearing that you know people are saying it's you know, going to take at least a quarter for that to, to really ramp up. I, I agree with that. I think what you'll see is, and, and this is a normal trend, and, and again, looking back on on kind of previous uh, cycles, the the big three will definitely get that initial wave, I believe, and then the mid the mid sized companies like ourselves expect to see that lease up a quarter in arrears. So we're expecting it, uh, obviously the second half, but definitely uh, probably Q four more likely. Are you involved in? Uh, small cell DAS development as well? Uh, we actually don't do that. We leave that to our cable partners. They take care of all of that. So that's that's in their wheelhouse. How is DISH factoring into all of this? No, that's a good question. So for us, we believe, and from what we've seen, DISH has been probably one of the most organized carriers uh, to date. Uh, the reason I say that is they've put out a spreadsheet to all the tower companies to collect the the tower data. So it's not just as simple as lats and longs. They are doing really deep dives. So they're looking for uh, structural capacity on your towers, uh, who the fiber provider is, who the utility provider is. Uh, so really doing a deep dive and digging in and they're then ranking those sites green, yellow, red. Obviously, green mean go. Uh, yellow's not as good, and there might be some stuff that could be cleaned up, and red, obviously, is, is a non-starter. And, and they're using that ranking to kind of build out uh, their build plan and their game plan. So again, for us, we see we're really excited by by Dish coming into the market and entering as a player we see bit really strong upside for us. But again, we see that as a second half in 2020 event. Uh, the reason for that, obviously, them needing to design their network, first of all, but really the bigger thing is they need to integrate those 9 million boost subscribers because you go and pay for all the subscribers, you want to do a good job of integrating them um, you don't want to lose what you just paid for effectively. So you, you obviously want to protect your investment. Great to hear. It sounds like they've got their, their ducks in a row and they're, they're waiting for the hammer to drop. I should say that we are broadcasting this uh, on, or recording this rather on uh, Tuesday, March 31st. And uh, as Shane said that uh, the merger could happen any, any minute now. So, um, this this may be broadcast post merger, so uh, we're, we're we're hoping that will will be the case because this will be broadcast within a couple of days of us doing this. So uh, we're we're hoping all that's going to happen and and all these uh, all these great things are going to start taking effect. And then coupled with the uh, hopefully coming demise of the COVID virus, that uh, we we have some uh, some blue skies ahead. You agree? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Another piece that I'd add to that is we're actually also starting to see some 
interesting activity from some of the fixed wireless providers. So we're starting to see activity from uh, various, some of the smaller WISPs as well as CenturyLink. So that's another interesting uh, new stream, or not new stream, but um, uh, kind of adding to your trends question, if you will. Um, it, it's it's more lease up uh, that I'd, I'd point out at this point. And the landscape of the big three tower companies and utilities and and uh, broadcasters, etc. How does a middle tier company cut their way through that jungle and survive and and thrive as you guys have? Yeah, so. They've been doing it for, for the last 20 years, and I'm sure they'll find ways to continue to do it for another 20 years. Uh, obviously, as, you're, as everyone knows, um, there is a lot of money looking, people are looking to put a lot of money to work um, in telecoms, and towers specifically, obviously data centers too, but uh, towers are a very, very attractive investment. Um, in the, the recent, obviously, market downturn, uh, looking at our sector, it's, it's one of the sectors that has been the most resilient uh, through, through the, this market downturn. And I think that says a lot. So that, that, uh, that 5G cycle that everyone's talking about and getting really excited about, plus the money on the sidelines, uh, infrastructure funds wanting to put money to work. Uh, I think that all just continues to bolster well for the industry and and helps develop, if you will, the, the mid-tier companies like ourselves. Uh, things I think that specifically for us, the niche we've created for ourselves, which is the cable company, uh, the cable towers, uh, that that special niche uh, obviously helps us cement our position in that mid tier uh, in that mid tier that you that you've described. Terrific, Shane. It's great to get the perspective from uh, companies such as yourselves, and we uh, we hope to be doing more of that with other middle tier tower owners as we uh, progress into the year. And it's always a, a, a great and uh, unique perspective because you guys have had to sort of carve your own way through all of this. And, and uh, that's always a, always a good story and, and always enlightening. So uh, Shane Ward, CFO of CTI, thank you very much. Jim, thanks very much. Appreciate it. And uh, stay safe and healthy. Same to you. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.